This is Building Grit, one call at a time. And in this podcast, what I do is take the experiences I've had and in turn show how I've built grit from them. Um, generally, I will do some podcasts where I you know, just give you my experiences and then also I come with some interviews. And today I am super excited to be coming at you guys with an interview with a good friend, co-worker, uh, Eric Odie Roth. What's up? What's up, Odie? How's it going today? Fantastic, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Man, been watching what you're doing. You know, love what's going on, and super happy that you asked me to be on here. Oh man, you were, you were like my number one on my list of people to hit up to do this, um, especially because we had this um, really unique experience together um, that we're going to get get to here in a little bit. Um, but to start out with, I just want to kind of um, talk about you. Um, you know what you have going on. You have a, a podcast yourself that you're doing. Um, you're super active with your K9 CPR. Um, so just tell us a little bit about what you have going on with that and um, what, you know, your why behind that. Yeah, sure. So I've been in the fire service for 24 years. In fact, uh, my great grandfather was one of the first firefighters to pull a horse drawn steamer for Denver Fire. So the fire service was kind of always born into me. And I can remember being six years old at the station and they'd let me squeegee the floor and I'd be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. You know, I, I know what I want to do. But yeah, as far as the canine stuff, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that I really like about what you're doing is, you know, the whole building grit. I really think that everybody needs an outlet. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, take the, a bad outlet, whether that be alcohol or, you know, not paying attention to, you know, the little things, you know, kids or whatever. So I think everybody needs an outlet. And for me, um, you know, working with dogs was my outlet. That's super awesome. And, you know, I just want to step in here and just remind people how important it is to have an outlet. Uh, and I love that you brought that up because building grit, one of the things that comes with grit is is having an outlet. And often we forget to do that. I know I've gotten caught up in the alcohol, um, some of those issues before. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. You know, the crazy part is kind of looking at myself, it, maybe I need two or three outlets. Um, let's just say, you know, we have a rough day, you know, at the firehouse and maybe we have some calls that involve kids. My outlet the next four day, maybe I'm playing Legos, you know, with the kids for two more hours as far as that goes. Otherwise, you know, I love hockey. This COVID-19 stuff is really kind of, I feel like a caged animal right now. But uh, hockey's a great outlet for me to personally just kind of, you know, get into my own headspace and, and relax and hang out with some of the fellows and stuff. So there's some days I need hockey, there's some days I need kids, and there's some days I need to go out and mow my yard and, and try to make the lines in the grass as perfect as I can. I think there always needs to be you know a few different outlets. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Often, especially in our profession, what we do is we get caught up in our situation and our circumstance, and we come home and we bring that with us. And if you don't have an outlet to go to, and this is with anybody, you know, not just us in the fire service. This is anyone. If you have a stressful situation that you deal with on a regular basis, maybe your work is stressful in the space that you're in. And I completely understand that. If you don't have an outlet, something to distract yourself from that, something to give you uh, enjoyment, you, you're not you're not going to thrive, right? You're not going to thrive unless you have some type of outlet. So I, I do really appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, outlets are just super important, and you know I can't imagine where I'd be without them. But yeah, thanks for mentioning the, the K9 podcast. You can find us over at K9 Educators uh, to save a life. 
it's just super excited again. It's another outlet since we've been kind of confined. I haven't been able to teach my traditional canine classes with that. So this COVID-19 has actually really forced me to diversify my business model and what I do and how I reach people. So at the point, I'm just kind of embracing it with that. That's awesome. I love that you're pivoting. It's one thing that I have learned that is so important is to the ability to pivot through things. And so, you know, I really appreciate that perspective. Well, I think that, you know, we should get to the whole reason we decided to do this specific podcast together. Uh, I really appreciate you kind of introducing yourself, letting, letting our my listeners know what, what you do and why you do it. Um, but let's get into the to the nitty gritty of this um of this podcast and why we decided to sit down to have this conversation. And that is centered around our um, coworker, Mike Rosado. Mike worked with us in our fire department for quite some time. Uh, we both built relationships with him. Odie, you had built a little bit closer relationship with him than I had. You guys were pretty close and did a lot of things together. Unfortunately, Mike had a skateboarding accident where he was not wearing a helmet and fell off the the back of his skateboard. Um, The skateboard shut out from underneath him uh, and he uh, hit his head and he was killed instantly. In my opinion, it was a very quick death. Um, And it was a very unfortunate death that blindsided uh, our whole department and all of us. You know, often you hear someone passes away. Oh, they were a great person. They were this and that. And it's not like they were really just better than, you know, that they could possibly be. For Mike, he was probably close to that description as possible. In fact, as we sit here, even with this little intro and talking about him, you know, I can feel my stomach. I can feel that little emptiness, you know, that hole, you know, and, and that void of losing Mike with that. Yeah, it was such a difficult thing to go through. Uh- um, not as much for me. Mike was, you know, a friend. I, I didn't have the quite the close connection that you did, but I still was absolutely devastated. And I, Mike was a super good dude. Like everybody that talked about Mike just had nothing but good to say about him. And that he was a guy that cared about everybody. And he was always looking out for the best interests of everybody around him. When he died, I was just blown away by the amount of people that I learned that Mike had impacted on so many different levels. Uh, being at the funeral was uh, very sobering and very, it just opened my eyes to the impact he made and made me realize that I hope that I am making an impact like he was making. Learning from that situation is I constantly, you know, one of the reasons I've been doing the things I've been doing is because I want to make an impact. I want to make sure that I leave a mark. Um, and Mike was part of that process. My whole process has come from all the things that have happened in the past. I've been building grit because of these simple situations that have happened to me, or not necessarily simple, difficult, very difficult situations that have happened to me. So, and I'm sure you would agree that you have built a lot of grit from experiencing this. You know, one thing following your podcast that you mentioned a lot is kind of the space that you're in. I want to tee this up. So we used to, a bunch of the fire guys, we'd go down to Phoenix every March for spring training, time to go down and have some fun and hang out with each other and watch some baseball. Well, the year he died, for some reason, nobody went except for me and him. And I can remember being in the space, I'm on the plane, and my whole energy is shifted, and I'm really upset. And I'm telling Mike, I'm like, Mike, this sucks. I'm like, this really sucks. It, it's just you and me. 
it's like the, and then I started, you know, badgering all the other people that, you know, oh yeah, they say I'm going to go, they're going to go, they're not going to go. So I was really like, well, okay, what it is what it is. And I really looked at it as a extreme negative. And Mike, he's like, well, you know what? He goes, let's just kind of figure this like a scouting report. We'll go down and we'll check out some new places and let's just go everywhere new. And he really put a positive spin on it. Well, this was three weeks before he died. So looking back, so this thing that I was so negative about and I, I hated and I was upset about it, it, man, it was a blessing from the gods that, you know, I got to spend four days with this guy just one-on-one. But in that moment, it, you know, I couldn't have been more pissed off. Man, that is such a great thing to bring up. Often we miss things because we're so pissed off about stuff. And if we would just stop for a second and really take in what we have going on and really take an outward perspective instead of being stuck in our inward perspective of what our space is and look at the space of other people, man, just sitting here listening to you just gives me the chills to think about that. Like you were in this space of mad, pissed off, super bummed, but you were so lucky to have that last time with him and you that will be with you forever. And that's a moment that you will forever cherish. And, and yeah, man, it is so often we get caught up in our circumstance, right? We, the circumstance, oh, the, and we think, oh man, life is happening to us instead of life is happening for us. And I want to just throw out there, like life is constantly happening for us, no matter the circumstance. Life is for you. It is not against you. And this is just one of those examples that shows that life is happening for you. And everything that you do, everything that you go through is for a reason. And you may not understand that reason. And you may think that it's bullcrap and you may not like it. However, I guarantee you when you look back at your situations, there is something that you can pull out of everything, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Because we can learn from the things that we that we look at as bad and we can cherish the things that were good. One thing as you're talking, Nick, you know, I can't help to think you know, so many times, you know, people are apprehensive about doing something different. Uh, let me give you the example. I don't know if you've ever jumped through a plane or, or jumped out of a plane, not through a plane. I guess it'd be hard to jump through a plane. <laughs> I, yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> but if you jumped out of a plane, to give you an example, uh, the first time I jumped out of the plane was with my mom. She was in her 70s. She wanted to, to, to do that, you know, before she died. That was on her bucket list. But going up there, I was so extremely nervous to the point I couldn't sleep at night. I kept checking the phone, you know, on the way up there, I, you know, I had that little pit in my stomach and I'm like, holy cow, what am I doing? What am I doing? There's a lot of questions going into that. Well, after we hit on the ground and sitting there and giving my mom a hug, that was one of the greatest things that I ever done. And I just, I look back and I'm like, why was I so nervous to do something that was going to be so great? And yeah, it just, so... I really like your approach of kind of trying to be in that moment and trying to appreciate the moment. Unfortunately, I, I don't know what it's like to jump out of a plane because I was too fat to jump out of a plane uh, until like right now. Like I am, I was 255 pounds and right now I'm 218 and the cutoff is 225. So thanks for bringing that up. But that is one thing on my bucket list is to go jump out of a plane. So I am definitely going to go do that uh, now that I am, I am light enough to do that and I'm excited about doing it. But yeah, I really like that perspective of like, hey, you know, enjoy every moment, like live in the moment, be you, have a purpose, look at things and look, look at things from an outward perspective instead of constantly getting caught up in your own inward perspective. I promise you, 
if you start to look at things from an outward perspective, everything will change for you. The way that you act, the way that you see things, uh, the way that you respond to things will change. Yeah, one thing you mentioned getting into Burning Man. Yeah, I was nervous to go to Burning Man. Here I am, and of course, you develop opinions of what it is, and unfortunately, you do that a lot by YouTube or you know, maybe what someone says, and it's like, oh, you're going to go to the orgy, orgy tent? And it's like, what the hell is the orgy tent? And it's like, I, I don't know. So you start getting really nervous of what that's like. Especially because we're firefighters, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like people, you need to understand that we are firefighters, and we have a certain standard that we uphold ourselves to. So for us, especially, I mean, I know for me, my one of my things was like, oh, man, I've heard this is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like you're saying, the the orgy tent, this, that. And so you kind of go, I was super nervous, too. Like, oh, man, are we getting ourselves into something where we're going to get in trouble? Like, what is this going to look like? Yeah, it's like, what time does it open? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, so there was a lot of nervousness going in. And then I tried to, I guess, I don't want to say compartmentalize my going, but a lot of the reason that I went was for Mike. Mike actually wanted to go work Burning Man uh, the year he died. And one of our good friends, Michael Booman, he really, you know, obviously saddened by the tragic loss of Mike, but we felt that it would be in Mike's best interest and kind of to carry on his, his bucket list, his wish list, and let's bring Mike out. Let's take some of his ashes and let's put him in the temple. Now, if you've never seen the Burning Man temple, it, it's just speechless. You know, out in the middle of the desert, they just build this beautiful, beautiful 120-story high temple that they end up burning. Yep. I mean, uh, first of all, I just want to throw out, I know, boom, and I know you're going to be listening to this podcast. So, dude, you are the man. I, I know for me, I and I'm sure I can speak for Odie, is that well, I appreciate you and I appreciate you uh, organizing this whole thing. Um, it was life-changing. So huge shoot out, shout out to you, Boomin, when you listen to this, buddy. I, I appreciate you. Yeah. It, it, Burning Man, the, the temple. Let's talk about the temple for a second, um, because that was a big part of what we did. And so... Uh, the temple is this, uh, you know, like I already said, it's this very massive, huge, massive structure they build in the middle of the desert, which is mind-boggling, number one. Um, number two, uh, that is a place where people take uh, all the stuff that has happened over the past year and they people they've lost and they put affects from people in that temple uh, and write things on, on, on their pictures. Uh, either it was a wedding dress. There was all these crazy things from all these people. And it was uh, it was very spiritual, very uh, strong energy that was um, overwhelming at times. It was overwhelming to go and experience that temple for me. Well, one time, one of our other firefighters, we went in the temple, and I can't even tell you. It just it's moving. You look at this, and it's just it just totally just raw emotion in in that moment with that. Going back to the Burning Man and the nervousness and stuff. I think anytime you're nervous about something, you always look for a justification you know, or you, you try to realize it's like, okay, you know, I'm nervous, but th- you know this is going to happen or I'm going to do that because of this. So I started justifying. I told myself, it's like, okay, yeah, let's do it for Mike. Okay, that's a great idea. Right? But you know what? I want to go see it to experience it as well. And lastly, we went out there and worked as, as medics. And so if you've never worked as a paramedic in the desert, I highly recommend that. It's just quite entertaining. Life-changing. Very different than what you're used to, for sure. So then all of a sudden, now I have three reasons to go. One, I want to go for the experience. Two, I want to you know go to help people. And number three, let's go for Mike with that. 
So I know we kind of jumped ahead to talk about uh, the temple. The temple was a super impactful thing, but I, I want to start from the beginning of driving into Burning Man. And so this drive, you drive and drive. For us, we're from Colorado, and so you're going to Reno, basically. It's a, the Black Rock, Black Rock Desert, and it was such a long drive, and there was four of us, and we hammered it. I mean, we did not stop. There was not often that we stopped and rest. We stopped to use the restroom, and that was about it. We just drove through, and I, I can't remember exactly what. I want to say it was roughly by the time we got to the uh, gate where we were picking up our tickets, it was, would you say, 19 hours? Yeah, it was about 19 hours? with some stops and stuff. Yeah, so it was a pretty long drive, and so you know, and we're anticipating the, the arrival of Burning Man, and you arrive, and guess what? You have to sit and wait in line, and you're like, we just drove for all these hours, and now we got to sit here, and we sat for. It wasn't terrible, but I want to say it was a couple of hours that we ended up waiting. By the time we uh, got to the line to get our ticket from Will Call, and then get back in and do the inspection, and then all of a sudden it happens. You are at Burning Man. And so you roll up, and I, I don't want to give anything away because if you, I don't want to ruin your experience you know, when you first drive up. But you drive up, and it's like it's just the way that Burning Man is happens right from that moment. And it was like I was like, "Whoa, what in the world is going on?" I don't know about you, but it was like a moment of like, "Oh man!" I it was it reaffirmed like I have no idea what I am getting myself into whatsoever. Yeah, for me, you know, they give you a ticket, and so I got the ticket. And I, I really felt like I was like standing outside an amusement park, like Disneyland, but it, but it's another planet. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is my ticket to the, to, to, to another planet. Completely. Like you go into Burning Man and it is, it's like, you don't feel like you're on planet earth. You, you are in planet Burning Man. And that's the way it feels the entire week. You know, the entire week you are, it, the reality is just completely different than what you are used to by all means. And so and the, the worst part about this is we're driving all night. We get finally into Burning Man. We set up camp, and it's like 3 in the morning. So guess what? We go to bed. So that was like, yay, Burning Man. Then it's like, oh, sleep. Um, so, But then we we wake up the next day, uh, and I, it's such a blur. I don't know about for you, but everything is just kind of mel meld together in this big, convoluted memory. But there's one day in specific I want to speak to, because this will tell you how burning man can be before, so I, before we do that though i want to go back to the road trip a little bit okay yeah oh you want to play the song <laughs> so you, you know if you ever want to get to know someone really well you, you know pack yourself in a car with them for 18 hours oh bad and at some point you know you're gonna catch that person kind of either up on an up wave where they're happy and cheerful or a down wave where they're really tired and, and they're done with that so of course being firefighters you know we don't always look for that upwave. We are, and we think we're jokesters. Think, love <laughs> keyword. Think we're jokesters. We're more in tune with the downwave. So, someone—I'm not going to confirm or deny—it was me. Found a couple of little songs to play. One of them, we swear that they're saying Nick Wingo in the song. I'm going to play a little bit for you here. So, of course, we can't turn that on volume one or two. It's cranked up, and it goes pretty much all the way through all of Utah. 
I can't even remember how many damn times we listened to that freaking song. I was losing my damn mind. It it was like the worst time. I'm like getting ready to fall asleep, and I'm like, here comes the like this mariachi super loud music. I'm like, you guys are dicks. I hate you all. Oh man, but it's all good. You know, it's it was all good fun, and uh, it's a good laugh now. Funny now. I in the moment, I was I was not too stoked on it. But in my moment, it was really funny. I'm sure it was. I'm glad that I entertained you. So it's amazing how one moment can be so different for two different people. That just goes back to that whole point of like, hey, it just depends on the space that you're in is how you uh, respond to that. So it's very true. Very true. All right. Well, I think I'm sorry. That's okay. You don't have to be sorry. It's, okay. It just is. It is what it is. Don't I, worry. I'll find something. I said I think I'm sorry. Yeah. I Well, okay. Fair. I will find something for you our next trip to Burning Man, which is not happening this year because thanks, thanks, vid, uh, freaking dick-ass disease. Anyways, continuing on. So there's this one day in specific that I want to talk about because Burning Man often you will hear is this, again, sex, drugs, rock and roll, orgy tents, all this crazy de- debauchery, drinking, drugs, um, and it can be if you want it to be, but Burning Man can also be a very unique experience like this day. And so this day we woke up and we went and we had some espresso with some scones, which was amazing. And then we went and we got spritzed with lavender water while we got foot massages. And from there we went and had snow cones and then we went and had some ice cream and then we went and had uh, we went and had margaritas somewhere, and then we went and ate food in several different locations, uh, and then we wrapped up the day just going to several different. That, you know, there's all kinds of these bars set up on all these different camps, and we just cruised around and had drinks at all these different bars, met some really cool people, and then we crashed out, and it was an awesome day. It was actually my favorite day that we had while we were there. Well, your favorite day, I did not experience because I was working. Ah, oh, that's right, I forgot you were working that day. Yeah, it was me and Bob. It was me and Bob. Um, so I am sorry that you... Oh, and it was Boomin'. Boomin' was there as well. So Boomin', me, and Bob went and had a heck of a day. I am sorry that you missed out on that. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting here smiling at me as he says he's sorry. Well, you know, you played song for me for the whole 20-hour trip there and back. So, I mean, uh, I'm not overly sorry. I can tell. So uh, that was my day, not... Odie's day. He was working. Uh, so let's talk about working Burning Man and what that looks like. You know, one thing, you know, Nick, I need to be honest with you here. So obviously I'm pretty tuned in to your, your Building Grit podcast that you have going on and understand that you're taking a lot of our experiences at work, um, that I get to share a lot of those with you. I really had to ask myself these last couple of weeks, has this been pretty changing, I guess would be a good word. I've asked myself, I'm like, hey, Nick, I totally appreciate you wanting to build grit and I think it's important but you don't need to suck me in with you. Well, you know, dude, when you surround people with yourself that are like-minded, that's what just happens. I mean, so it, it kind of is what it is, my friend. Welcome to the party. Working Burning Man, just to kind of tee it up for you. You are in a, a desert that is, it's nothing but just, just bare land. It's dusty. It's windy all the time. Um, it's super miserably hot. So it's dusty. It's windy. It's, it, it's super hot all the time. So you're on this little four-wheeler. And they kind of just tell you, they do it like a clock. It's like, hey, there's a medical emergency over at, you know, two o'clock in L or whatever. Yeah, just a location. And you're like, okay, and that's it. And they're like, okay, go find them. 
just finding a patient is, is quite entertaining, you know, in itself. And it's kind of like a huge, like a success and a great achievement once you even just find a patient in there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So you, they're like, Hey, go find this person. Once you finally find them, they're, they're not breathing. No, no big deal, but they're, they're just not breathing. And so it's like this quick into action, like, Oh man, we got to do something for this person. And then the whole term, you know, it's a difference between night and day. That couldn't be more true out there. At night, you would have certain like neon landmarks or lasers or something to kind of orientate yourself. But in the daytime, if you work a daytime shift, guess what? They're not there. I agree with you. I would I would say I, for me, at night was much easier to navigate through because of all the signs, the brightness. It's literally like Las Vegas lights on steroids in the middle of the desert. It is mind-blowing how lit up all the LEDs and stuff that is in the desert. And so, in my opinion, it was much easier to find things at night than it was during the day. Of course, I worked most of the day shifts. So uh, of course, again, that. you know. Well, you know, I I was an overnight guy. Yeah, one one thing that I really took away from that is it was so neat, really, just to talk and communicate and help people from different countries, from Sweden to Australia. It was just, it was really neat just to kind of be exposed to different nationalities. Yeah, it was crazy, all the amount of people I met. It was nuts to see all the different people. It was, it was super cool. It was super cool to see how many people from around the world we were able to to meet the whole medic being a medic thing it was very interesting there was a lot of situ- generally what happens is these people overdose on drugs and we're there and they're not breathing and so now we're kind of lonesome by ourselves for about 10 minutes uh I, I, pretty often while you're waiting for the the paid people there to come and bring the ambulance so we can take them to the they, they literally pop up a hospital a full-blown hospital in uh, on the uh, in the desert and it, it's crazy. But yeah, it was a very unique experience, not medicine that I'm used to. It was really nice as a medic. Rather than asking them what kind of drugs they're on, you just asked them how much ketamine, how much GHB, and how much molly. And they would tell you. Oh, yeah. They were, they were unless they were unresponsive, which I ran into often. Yeah, it was, it was a very interesting. They were not ashamed to tell you what drugs they had done, for sure. And that's not what I'm used to as a medic at all. And so I kind of want to move into talking about the experience of seeing these burns. Uh, it's Burning Man. So let's talk about the burns. It was super freaking cool. So they build all these structures out in the desert. You know, there's the, like Odie was saying, there's, they set it up as a clock from about, what is it? From 10 uh, to 2. 10 to 2 is just big, wide open, uh, wide open area where they set up all these uh, massive structures. Massive. When I mean massive, like massive structures, massive art structures. And the cool thing is, at the end of the week, starting on Friday, they start to burn those things down, and you get to watch it, and it's freaking cool, you know. Because as a firefighter, I'm so used to uh, like fire, you put it out. Oh no, you let these things burn, and they rage, they rip. It is super cool to watch these things burn. There was one time when we're out watching the temple burn, and we'll talk about that with Mike and stuff. You know, we were a couple hundred yards away, and it was so hot. It's like, I, I need to move. Kind of that self-preservation kicked in. It's like, we need we need to move. So it's just absolutely spectacular. Of course, an ember out in the middle of the desert, you know, it lights up forever. So, you know, Bob, one of the other firefighters we went with, you know, he has his camera, and he's taking pictures in the sky. And I'm like, I'm like what are you doing? 
I go, why are you taking pictures of all these embers? You know, this is when the temple was burning. He goes, well, I'm, I'm looking at them as lost souls. And that was really powerful and meaning to me. It's like, wow. You know, and, and that drew my attention quickly to the embers that were floating up. It seemed like super, super high in the sky. I want to just talk about one thing before we really dive into that temple burn, because it was super impactful. The whole week you're doing this, it's loud. It is nonstop party noise. Like it is just 24-7. There is something going on at Burning Man. And on Saturday, they burn the man which is a massive party. So they have all these art cars that are super cool. Uh, they p- make a big circle around the man. Uh, and then there is the best fireworks show I have seen in my adult life. Uh, it would just went on and on and on and on. And then they freaking blew up the man like bombs. I mean, it was like, you could feel the concussion from them blowing up the man. Um, and so, and everybody's like, yeah, woo. I mean, it's a huge party. They got fire spinners and, people that are breathing fire and it's this huge crazy party super super cool and then uh, they do the temple the temple they, they burn it on sunday night leading up to the temple burn we had waited to put mike's ashes out at the temple uh, because we knew it was going to be a difficult thing uh, Oda, you had learned how to play the bagpipes specifically for this event we went out and we put mike's ashes uh, a picture of him uh, a couple effects uh, we all took a shot of, of um, Fireball, uh, left that bottle there with him. And then uh, you played the bagpipes. Uh, the, you had been practicing for that, just for that specific moment. And that was a, uh, man, it was it was a very difficult moment. I mean, like I said, we had waited. And we were lucky enough that being part of the ESD, we were able to go up by ourselves and have some time where it was just just the five of us uh, to do that. And it was it was super impactful. So... Talk, I mean, I, I saw, I mean, I'm sure it was gut-wrenching, and I just saw it in your eyes. Talk to me about that experience. Yeah, yeah looking back, it's amazed that I even got any notes out you know, of that thing. I would recommend, though, if you ever want to you know, play the bag, bagpipes, do not go to a desert to do it. Yeah, it's not real favorable with that. In that moment, it was just a complete ball of emotions. Um, you know, I felt a almost a responsibility, you know, to myself that I needed to do this for Mike. But the nice thing is, is, you know, I knew Mike wouldn't want it to be perfect. It's okay if, you know, there's a rogue note, you know, flying out of that thing, you know, from time to time. But you know, it, it was a journey for me. I've never played music. I never knew how to read music. Really, I have complete version to any kind of music. And I'm definitely not, I don't want to say musically gifted, where I can just pick something up and away I go. So it was, it, it was a journey, um, but really just knowing in the back of the mind, it, it's it's like, okay, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And one thing that we talk in, in my canine medic class, um, we always tell people, never let fear be larger than your purpose. And, and that is so important. And I really had to tell myself that over and over, never let fear be larger than my purpose. And I could have picked any reason, you know, for fear not to do it. But I just, I just kept with it. And you could have not done it too, because you were encountering some problems with your bagpipes uh, leading up to that. And I could see that you were getting frustrated. However, you still did it. Like you weren't letting your circumstance control you. Like you came there on a mission to do something and you were not going to let some crappy dry desert ruin that for you. And so in my opinion, it sounded great. No matter how you felt it sounded, it wasn't about the sound. It wasn't about that. It was about completing the task and doing what you said you would do. And you did that, uh, you know, and so to have done that and have accomplished that and a bit been through that, 
man, what, you know, again, this is building grit. What a way to build grit, man. What a way to build grit. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, you know, and I was, I was super proud of you. I was being part of that. It was, um, I, I have the chills right now just talking about it because it was super impactful. It was super powerful. And so we, you know, we do this thing. We all do a shot. We leave this, the, 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 uh, the bottle of, um, fireball there and, and we, you know, we walk out and we sat down and we waited and it was dusk and we knew this thing was going to burn. They lit that thing up. And when they light that temple up, everything goes silent. There is not a word. You cannot, you can hear the fire burning. You can hear the crackles and it is mind blowing because you just spent the past week of this loud craziness and now there's silence as the temple burns. And it was sobering. And it was very impactful. It was very mind-boggling and mind-blowing. And so we're watching this temple burn. And it's raging. Like Odie was saying, you know, we had to, at one point, uh, the, the, um, just the radiant heat from the fire, you, we had to like back up away because it was so powerful. The, the embers coming off, it, everything about that burn was a very, it was very spiritual in my opinion. It was very eye opening. The pillar, we sat Mike against one of the taller pillars and we sat to watch the burn right in front of that pillar where Mike was. And super cool is that every last, so the, the, the temple had different layers, uh, different uh, heights that built up to the higher uh, levels. Um, so there was like, you know, several different um, structures that were all one structure. And the pillar that we put Mike up against, every last pillar fell except for that pillar. And that pillar stood. I mean, it was a while. I, I It felt like forever. And it was so cool because it was like we had waited for this to happen to do this thing. It was almost like Mike was like, I appreciate it, guys. I see this. That pillar hold, held on until the very last moment and until it collapsed. And I was watching you watch that. And just your facial expressions showed how impactful that was to you. And I know it was impactful to me. You sit there and first when there's two or three pillars left over, you know, you kind of start thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he was the last one? Deep down, you're really hoping for that and wishing for that. And then a pillar falls and it's not his. And, you know, three, four more minutes goes by, another pillar falls. And yeah, in the end, you know, Mike's pillar's up there. And in that moment, it, it, it's just like, oh my gosh, it, it's like he's really speaking to us, you know, here and this is why we came. And yeah, we appreciate you, Mike. We love you, Mike. And yeah, we'll think about you often. And it was almost like, it was almost like, hey, you know, we held on and it was like, okay, it's time to let it go. Yeah. Especially when, you know, when Mike's pillar fell. And I think that's just real important. I think that was his way to tell us, hey, it's, it's okay. It's okay. We're here and it's okay to move on. Right. And knowing Mike, that's what he would expect out of us is to move on and be the best us and do the best that we can do and press on. You know, one thing you were talking about, Nick, is just like the complete silence. And, and that itself was, was extremely moving. And I agree with you. I don't know if it was because the buildup from the week, from you hearing just music and thumps and it's just wild and crazy and this, you know, lights and a lot of stimuli. Let's just put it that way. A lot of stimuli. <laughs> you know, and that was just full blown. And I don't know, the way I always kind of view life is, 
I think that there definitely needs to be balance relating it to, to fire, EMS, nurses, doctors, you know, police officers. We see a lot of stuff. So if you think about a pendulum, the pendulum swings really, really, really far to the bad. And I think that the better we can balance ourselves and the better we can get to that neutral plane, then the better, you know, we're going to be with that. So in order to balance off the bad stuff, we need the pendulum to swing to the really good good stuff as well. Um, that's just kind of my philosophy and so important in these times, you know, whether it be COVID or, you know, civil unrest or, you know, just the, the changing environment we have. Um, it is just so, so super important to get your pendulum swinging, you know, to the right side just to obtain some kind of balance. Yeah, I agree so much. This whole thing, this whole process, Burning Man, life-changing. And kind of putting it back to the temple, the pendulum swung so far the other way. And you know, Nick is exactly right. You could hear every little crackle. You could hear the wind as the fire was generating its own weather pattern. You could hear every single thing. And you had twenty to 30,000 people just speechless. And in that moment, it was just absolutely just incredible. Life-changing, super life-changing in my opinion talk about these life changing moments. And, you know, really, honestly, I had the intention to go out there and now this is going to be one and done. I'm going to go, I'm going to check it off my bucket list. We're going to do the thing for Mike, hang out with my buddies for a while and, and it's going to be good. But there was a time, um, I was happen working with Boomin again, who Nick was talking so highly of earlier. And I totally echo all of his thoughts. You know, Boomin came up and he, he goes, Hey, I'm going to go walk the Mayan art car. Well, this is kind of like a big semi-DJ booth. It's just one like one big speaker with thousands of lasers, and it's quite impressive. And he's like, you want to go? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just going to sit here by our QRV, and I'm just going to kind of hang out. I had, had a moment to myself with that, and to set the stage, you know, here it is. It's, it's dusk and somewhat dusty, and people are walking by, and people are super, super appreciative of you out there. You know, you're wearing your yellow ESD shirts, and hey, thanks thanks for what you do, because they know that we're there volunteering. You know, we don't get paid for that, and that is, that is our gift to the playa. But there was a moment that I was sitting there, and and this this doesn't happen very often. Um, all of a sudden, it, it's like you ever have like one of those dreams where just everything is perfect and everything is just in line and, and there's no worries. Well, well, that moment came upon me. You know, I don't know if it was the sunset, the kind of the dusty, just the music in the background, or I don't know if it was a combination of everything. You know, but in that moment, I was really able to take a minute and reflect on my life and look in the rearview mirror and see what I've been through yet. But, you know, knowing I need to look through the front of the windshield and move forward. But in that moment, it was just so surreal and it was just amazing. And that moment didn't last for 15, 20 seconds. It was three to four minutes with that. And in that moment, I says, I need to come back here. This is where I need to be. I agree. I am so pissed off that we cannot go to Burning Man this year. I can't even describe to you how frustrated I am because of this this whole thing. And I, I second that. Like, I cannot wait until we get to go back. Maybe we can get like a building grit camp and you can take all of your followers and just like get a thing and have like a building grit weekend. Yeah, dude. I Yeah. <laughs> Burning Man, if you, if you have ever thought about doing it, like... When we get to go back in 21, go to Burning Man. You will not regret it. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're 24, 44, 64. Yeah, it's truly a life-changing experience. And don't be... Don't let the hype catch you up and be afraid to go because you're afraid of what you might think that it might be. Because I guarantee you when you go, your experience will not be what you expect. 
and often, you know, a lot of times you get experiences, you know, not even realizing that you were going to get them. Like my example with Mike, you know, in that moment, I was, you know, mad and upset and, and I, I, res- I resisted that moment. But looking back, it was you know, truly a gift that I'll treasure for, for a lifetime. Yep. Life-changing. Super life-changing. Well, Odie, I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, you know, there was some, sometimes I had some chills just talking about this again. Oh, and it was really good to just reflect back on our experience. Yeah. Super happy what you're doing. And hopefully the listeners find a benefit and I hope they subscribe to you. And you really do have a lot to offer people and just, just keep it going. I appreciate that. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it up. This is Building Grit, one call at a time. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You can find me on Instagram at Building Grit. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to hit me up on Instagram and give me a message. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great afternoon.